Buenos días from BA. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 4th of May 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Thursday the 27th, the International Criminal Courts, or ICC, Victims Reparation and Participation Section, announced that the Maduro regime will not be granted access to the report on alleged crimes against humanity in Venezuela after the regime requested a copy of the report to prepare its response. On its website, the ICC clarified the reason. Venezuelan non-governmental organizations said that in the report, the victims' identities are revealed and that could put them at risk. The report describes the crimes committed against more than 8,000 individuals, two organizations and over 600 families, including murder, imprisonment, torture, rape or other forms of sexual violence, forced disappearance and persecution for political reasons. From the International Court to International News, on Friday the 28th, the Venezuelan consulate in Cúcuta, Colombia, reopened its doors to the public. Although it is not yet fully operational due to staff and system shortages, consulate officials are providing assistance. However, consulate-related procedures such as passport, visa, ID and apostille applications will have to wait until regular operations resume. This is particularly significant in a context where 2 million Venezuelans are registered with Migration Colombia. So the resumption of consular services, thanks to the rapprochement between the governments of Gustavo Petro and Nicolás Maduro, will attend to a large number of Venezuelans who were left stranded after the diplomatic relations rupture in 2019. One door opens while others stay shut, like the case of the U.S. Embassy in Venezuela. On Wednesday the 3rd, a Department of State official informed CNN that James Story, the United States Ambassador for Venezuelan Affairs, will depart from his position on the 19th of May. At present, the U.S. is without diplomatic representation in Venezuela, as Story has been reforming his duties from the U.S. Embassy located in Colombia. Nonetheless, the U.S. government appointed Michael A. Barkin as the new ambassador to Venezuela on the same day. Barkin, who has previously worked as a diplomat at the United Nations and served as a top advisor to the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, will take up the post. A feeling of brotherhood and empathy is in the air of Buenos Aires. On Saturday the 29th, Argentina celebrated the thousands of Venezuelans who now call Argentina their home. For the occasion, thousands of people gathered on the iconic Avenida de Mayo in Buenos Aires. This was a new edition of Buenos Aires Celebra Venezuela, an event organized by the city government. Over 100 stands were set up along the street, where visitors could taste typical Venezuelan dishes such as pequeños, arepas and pabellón criollo. They also had the chance to try traditional drinks like chicha and papelón con limón. In addition, the crowd enjoyed Venezuelan handicrafts and musical performances by several groups, including the Cumana, Tambor Palenque, Apuravoz, Rumba Arepa, among others. In more friendly news, on Monday the 1st, Venezuelan President Maduro and the recently elected President of Paraguay, Santiago Peña, had a cordial phone call in which Maduro congratulated Peña and they discussed 
the possibility of restoring relations between the two countries. In January 2019, Paraguayan President Mario Abdo Benitez cut diplomatic ties with Venezuela and announced the closure of the Paraguayan embassy in Caracas. However, it appears that Peña is taking a different approach than his predecessor and Maduro's government is eager for this to happen, as they have demanded that the current Paraguayan government honor a debt dating back to 2009, when the Paraguayan state oil company Petróleos Paraguayos began purchasing fuel from its Venezuelan counterpart, PDVSA. Speaking of Maduro, on Monday the 1st, on the occasion of Labor Day, Maduro organized a large gathering in Caracas to address the public and listen to proposals from socialist workers. During the gathering, Maduro announced the approval of new increases in the Bono contra la Guerra Económica and the prepaid food card, which is an electronic prepaid card for meal allowances issued by companies. The bonus will now be $30 per month, while the card will be at $40. However, the minimum wage base remains at $6 per month. Starting this 2023, the bonus against economic warfare will only be given to workers in the education sector. However, not everyone is happy with the new announcement. Hours later, hundreds of workers, both opposition and chavistas, took to the streets to reject this new measure, stating that the minimum wage remains very low and not everyone receives the benefits of the bonus. In other news, on Friday the 28th, while enacting the Organic Law of Asset Forfeiture, approved by the controversial Chavista National Assembly, Maduro ordered the Bolivarian Intelligence Service, better known as SEVIN, to take action against those who betray him, amidst the ongoing Chavista purge. In the national broadcast, he also announced that, so far, 1,000 assets, including buildings, apartments, mansions, cars, aircraft, weapons, etc., have been seized in the Chavista purge operations. The president stated that these assets will be allocated to programs that provide basic services such as healthcare and education. They will be invested in public services and they will provide resources to security services and public institutions fighting against corruption. Speaking of corruption, on Tuesday the 2nd, according to the La Patilla website, Brigadier General Jorge Luis Gómez Pimentel was recently arrested in the Bolivar state on suspicion of being involved in corruption within the Venezuelan Corporation of Guashana, or CVG. Gomez Pimentel was reportedly serving as both the commander of the Directorate General of Military Counterintelligence in Bolivar, as well as the manager of CVG Logistics and the manager of Integral Protection of CIDOR. In election news, on Thursday the 27th, Enrique Capriles Radonsky, the pre-candidate of the political party Primero Justicia, stated in a press conference that he does not believe the presence of the National Electoral Council, better known as CNE, in the opposition primaries poses a risk to the voters' identities. Capriles dismissed concerns about digital fingerprint capture and emphasized that the National Primary Commission is solely responsible for the process. Capriles also stressed the importance of extending the primary to cover the entire national territory, 
enabling all Venezuelans, including those abroad, to participate. He believes that increased participation in the primaries will help strengthen the opposition. Moving on, on Tuesday the 2nd, the National Institute of Civil Aviation, or INAC, announced the lifting of all COVID-19-related health restrictions and biosecurity protocols at all airports in the country. Speaking of the INAC, on Monday the 1st, its authorities reported a missing aircraft that was covering the Cumaná-Coro route. They issued an alert for the disappearance of the Cessna 421B aircraft with registration yv 1207 after it made its last contact with the Barcelona control tower in the state of Anzuategui at around 11 a.m. on Monday. After a few hours, INAC activated the search service which carried out several overflights. Meanwhile, other security agencies in the Venezuelan coastal area, as well as in the central and western regions of the country, were notified of the incident. The whereabouts of the aircraft remain unknown to date, and authorities continue to search for it. Picasso takes over Caracas. On Saturday the 29th, the Museum of Contemporary Art in Caracas inaugurated an exhibition to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the death of the Spanish painter and sculptor Pablo Picasso. The exhibition features 46 works, including ceramics, graphics and paintings. Susi Lopez, the curator of the exhibition, said the exhibition aims to connect the public with, quote, the taste and pleasure, unquote, of enjoying art and to highlight Venezuela's important collection of Picasso's work in Latin America. They will open the exhibition to the public for at least three months, with the possibility of extending it. And that's it for this week. Remember, we have a Mastodon account. Check out our instance, Rorschach.social. If you don't know what Mastodon is or want to know more about it, check out the link in the show notes to our Substack. Hasta la próxima! Thank you.